Welcome to the Elephant on the Couch, where we're finally addressing what makes us uncomfortable. This is a judgment-free space designed to finally help the elephant in the room get on the couch and start the conversation. So join us. Let's get that elephant on the couch and let's get uncomfortable. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elephant on the Couch. I am your host, Tanya. And I am your co-host, Dulce. Cheers to Friday. Yeah. Oh, now we're not drinking coffee. In our last two episodes, we were. We were. Today, we decided to be little rebels. Either that or the uh, fucking presidential craziness. Election. As we us. are recording this, we're going through the... Nevada not Forever counting, counting in Nevada. What is going Georgia, on Georgia, Nevada. We're waiting for y'all, but I'm happy that you look brown. So you do look blue, brown. I was gonna say what, brown, <laughs> brown. Maybe that's what <laughs> we mix them together. Just kidding. Arizona people, woo, 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 woo. we just see you. I don't smoke, by the way, but I am excited that it's legal because of the criminalization of two hundred seven. Yeah, was it two hundred seven? I got him. I think it's two hundred seven. I don't know who picked the numbers. Why did they make them both? Because you do it by order. Yeah, but it, it, just it was happened in to my that brain way. that did not work. You just put yes on both of them and you good. <laughs> yes for more funds for education. Yes for free. I know. For more fun. A for education. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Bear with us, guys. Yes, we, we, we have been us. having wine as we prepare for oh this my episode. God. It took so long for us to prepare for this episode. We had too much fun. Yeah. So it's going to be lighthearted episodes. It is. It hopefully. is. I think so. I think it's this one is going to be. Good. I think our next episode so should be along hopefully, the same lines. Yeah, hopefully all of you listening are coping with <laughs> what's going on in the world. Well, here in the country. Uh, I with got the- interviewed by a German um, German news station thingy. You I did? Went, yeah, I went to, I don't know if you guys know about this restaurant, out on 7th Street. Again, we're in Phoenix. Uh, El Norteño. It's like a little cash-only hole in the wall amazing mexican food oh i think i've heard i don't think i've been it's so freaking bomb dude you need to go mm-hmm. so shout out shout out to our next sponsor El Norteño. El Norteño but they, i don't know why they picked that spot to do interviews but we were com- we were going um during our lunch break to get some food and they're like do you want to do an interview for this german thingy and my baby daddy's in germany so i was like of course <laughs> Not disregulated at all by that. (laughs) When she said baby daddy, like that was a fucking trigger, literally. (laughs) After baby daddy's in Germany, so sure. Got it. That's pretty cool though. Like an interview. Oh, you Yeah, and they asked me they asked me if I voted. I'm like, (laughs) yup. Fake ass over here. (laughs) Who did you vote for? Biden. That's secret. You should have told them that. I I that's literally what I was thinking in my brain. Yeah. By the way, um, Tanya will never tell me. Never. Ever. That's a secret. As in, people can't assume where I, <laughs> I lean on this I But she's a Trump supporter. But hey, guys. Sarcasm, guys. Sarcasm. Listening as Dulce is loudly pouring her wine again, just like last time she was staring the coffee. <laughs> Um, I mean, we, again, we are assuming that people listening to this kind of like align with us. Maybe some of you are grieving whatever's going on because you're preferred candidate didn't make it hey we don't know yet we're still up in the yeah, air yeah it's but still by very the time up in the this air. drops 
We will know. It would have been, yeah. So either your team blue, team elephant, or team donkey, right? Um, I mean, again, at the end of the day, guys, the precedent only has so much power. It's up to us as a community to get involved and make the changes necessary, even if it ends up being I'm Biden, hopeful for the next ge- generation. The House and the Senate. I mean, it, it's it's a whole thing. So it's not... It does have power, but on the same token, it doesn't. Because again, like I always say, it, it starts at home. So even if you're not happy with whoever candidate ends up in power, you can still make changes within your macro level. Micro. Micro level. I always get those mixed up. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But anyways... So hopefully all of you are doing good with what's going on. Yeah. I hope this is a nice little break from reality. Because we we decided to go lighthearted this week for that reason. Like, Mm -hmm. we kind of need a break. It's been too much heaviness. So today we're, as you may have... last episode was a complete brain fuck. So (laughs) I'm glad you guys are back (laughs) and ready to laugh instead of... Yeah. So um, as you probably have noticed by now by the title... In the description of today's episode, we're going to be talking about sex. Why did you say it like that? Like sex? sex? Like, what? like what? We're talking about sex, Patrick. Woo! <laughs> Just kidding. Bill, 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 bill. Again, like sex. Um, so we decided to we decided to bring it to the couch with the elephant. Well, the the V card episode was our attempt to talk about sex, and then we ended up going in the rabbit hole of virginity and the stigma yeah. around virginity. Well, I think ever since we started brainstorming topics for the elephant on the couch, we we identified sex as a very taboo topic still in twenty twenty, soon to be twenty twenty one. Still, there's a lot of stigma and taboo. Holy shit, and we've been doing this for almost a year. Almost, yeah. Um, but yeah, sex was always in the books. For this topic, I mean, again, last time it happened to be more around the context of virginity, but today we want to do a more like umbrella topic about sex and why that's still very taboo, even in 2020. So what are some of the reasons that we feel sex is still like a topic that people tend to walk on eggshells around? Well, I think that there's a lot of stigma around it uh, in society. I think sex specifically when you talk about religion is something that you should be saving until marriage right or it should be something that um interesting just got a baby shower request that (laughs) so intense what are the chances i know in the middle of us recording yeah but yeah i i think um I'm not cutting that, by the way. I am definitely leaving that on because it's. I just think funny. it's so fucking app- appropriate that we're talking about sex and you get an invite for a baby shower. <laughs> yep, that's what's gonna happen eventually. <laughs> Wait for marriage. Just kidding. No, but I think like society just has this expectation around like sex and marriage, and no, women shouldn't be. It's like sex is nasty. There's like this nastiness around it. There's this shame around it. Like Mm -hmm. it's a private thing. You don't talk about it. You don't explore it. It's like the devil. Yeah. And we kind of like talked about that with virginity, right? How historically sex intercourse was used for the sole purpose of reproduction. 
and male pleasure more so than females, right? I think it depends also on cultures, though. Because there are cultures where the women did use, like, I, I because I'm a feminist crazy, um, I've read, like, books of queens that actually had males, like, as their sexual slaves. Mm-hmm. And they would kill them at the end of the day so that they wouldn't fall in love with them. Yeah, kind of like, arrogant that they have a ball mask. In Europe, there there were some queens in Europe. There were some queens in Africa. Um, I I just was reading about it because I'm curious over that stuff. But but I think it just depends on which kind of society. It feels like it's more of like a men led society expectation, mm-hmm. maybe around like christianism or yeah and i think another thing is also when it comes to sex i mean that's a whole nother topic but when it comes to self-esteem and body issues that gets attached to sex and so if i don't feel comfortable in my skin my my body parts again the, the even the names right like we talked about before how parents and in different cultures they call it like cute little names when it talks about like your vagina and your penis and your breasts right like people tend to come up with like cutesy well, little and names there's the hyper hypersexualization of body parts right like yeah you you see models like especially right now in this era i mean back back in my time in the 90s i feel like an old lady when i say that like skinny was in right mm. skinny was beautiful That's and it now it's curvy like big boobs big ass kind of like jessica rabbit kind of body is like the thing kim kardashian curves right and mm-hmm. and i think that's the that's the standard right like big titties big ass ooh, slim waist mm-hmm. right but then you don't have that and you look at yourself in the mirror you're kind of like womp womp <laughs> like womp. here comes my lemons <laughs> I'm okay without the Chloe Kardashian ass. I'm sorry. No shade to Chloe, but shade. I mean. Yeah, no, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> there is this hypersexualization in bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. even in male models, right? Like, they have to have, like, the freaking, like, intense fucking, like. Abs. Abs and the mm-hmm. perfect chest. And then, like, their junk kind of looks bulky, bulky mm-hmm. enough. For underwear commercials, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I think that because there's these expectations around, like, sexual, sexuality, you mm-hmm. kind of get really insecure. There's a lot of shame into it. Like, just yeah. looking at yourself naked is like, uh, Yeah, if you're not you. comfortable with your body just as your body, imagine going the extra mile and having to talk about sex and sexual intercourse and owning your sexuality and pleasure and like owning it and be proud of it if i'm not proud about my body then how can i be proud about my sexuality like in in that sexual context not my sexual identity but me owning like my sexuality right like you know even using the word clit is like ugh, we don't say that or clitoris or vagina or anus you know like these words are taboo words to the point Mm -hmm. that like there's a lot of shame even coming from parents right like if you scratch 
one of your genitalias in front of your parents. Like, hey, cochino, déjese ahí. Like, don't do that, nasty. Te van a salir gusanos. Te van a salir pelos en la mano. The pubes are gonna like crawl into your skin. <laughs> But yeah. I think there's a lot of like, no, we, you shouldn't do that. You don't mm -hmm. show boobs. You don't show that. Like, there's a lot of like, shame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In general, right? Like even from like that, from the, the clothes that you wear. I mean, that's again a whole nother conversation. But when we talked about uh, feminism and the rape culture and all of that, like that, how that now is all of a sudden a justification for abuse because of what you're wearing. Again, that's attached to sexuality. And it's if you're like, showing too much, now you're labeled certain things. It's like you should have a fat ass and big boobs. Small waist, look hot as hell, but dress decently. <laughs> you know, like uh, you should, you should make sure you spend thousands of dollars on these curves, <laughs> but wear a dress that's not skimpy. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't connect, right? Like, oh, you should be so sexy that it makes my head turn, but don't you dare talk about sex and close your legs when you sit down. But even as talking about this right now, I'm thinking like we're thinking of sexuality in the context of someone, someone being really comfortable with her body and her curves or whatever and wearing whatever. But it could be someone that is very whatever you would label as average, -ish. average or like what's it called? Very private. It's not the word uh, that I'm looking for. I can't think of the word right oh, now oh like a like a person that's reserved yeah like reservada no mm -hmm. is that no, the word i know what you're mean like like you wear long dresses and you don't show any skin right but yet you can be the most self-confident secure per person when it comes to your sexuality Absolutely. right like the moment you come home is like it's on right like and even us talking about this right now it's that misconception that for you to be sexually confident and knowing your sexuality you have to match this other description that your outer image what you choose to present to the public and to society has to match that right and not necessarily again i can be the most reserved person like long dress like no whatever makeup, no, no makeup and the moment it's on it's i can turn it on right and and that's what i was trying to get at like the double standard of society mm -hmm. right like you're supposed to be like this And if you fit this, then you become confident yeah. in your sexuality. And the reality is like, no, like anybody could be mm -hmm. confident because I'm pretty sure there's out there somebody who doesn't like those curves. There's mm -hmm. probably a, a, a person oh, that matches me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not into like the hardcore, super fit body craziness. Mm -hmm. at this point of time of my life i'm like eh, yeah things change real men have curves what's up <laughs> oh my goodness i just totally picture like a curvy like kim kardashian looking man <laughs> but no i think like i as you know your preference grows like you it it's not the magazine expectation yeah. and and i feel i mean in my own way i'm very comfortable with my body and i don't have a kim Kar i definitely don't have a kim kardashian body 
I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should see her face right now. But I think that's a, that's a product of our culture and our society. Because again, if you look at the magazines, like even from Playboy back in the day, right? Like again, it was that like curvy, maybe not so curvy as now in 2020, but it was like whatever was considered the perfect body back then. And that in turn gets attached to my own self-worth and how I internalize my sexuality, to fast forward porn, right? Like whatever we see in porn, now is like I'm comparing myself to them and how can I be secure in my sexuality if I don't look like that? Media. Right. And, and I think a lot see. of the market is around men, right? Like I think like a lot of the sexy, when you look at sex, I mean, there's an entire store around lingerie, Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Tell me the male version of that. Don't worry, bitch, I'll wait. Crickets. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, now I kind of want to see, like, is there a Victoria's Secret for male? Calvin Klein, maybe? Well, there's, like, Castle and what are those other stores over yeah, here? Yeah, but, like, but those are sex stores. They're not just lingerie Like lingerie, for men. yeah. I, I mean, is there lingerie, lingerie for, for men? men? Exactly. <laughs> my point. Uh, my brain is going places, <laughs> right? I don't think, I think I'm okay with leaving things as they are. As I, I, I am so down for lingerie for men. I think there should be, why do women get to wear fun stuff and men can't? Especially for like the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, yeah, that's where my brain, I, I, I was thinking like, I think it depends for like what we, again, this is me personally, my my preference. I'm in a, I consider myself a heterosexual women right so if i am attracted to a male um mm-hmm. identity right i don't think i want to see him in lingerie I, I really don't think i do i i'd be open to it man well hey I mean, and and let's partner listening to this <laughs> no, go get yourself define, like some lace little no, that's what i was gonna say let's define the concept of lingerie you just said it right now lace i'm not thinking of lace i'm thinking of something more I don't know, maybe dark underwear that's not the typical underwear that you see in Calvin Klein magazines. Like, why does it have to be a certain thing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right, right, right. Like, it's been, it's so embedded in your brain that when we say the word lingerie, you think of lace I think and of red Red, lace. exactly. Ribbons. Like, why does know. it have to be girly? Why yeah. does, why does sexy have to be girly or, or women? You know, I think it, it why does it have to get stuck to that idea? Yeah. I mean, but when it comes to, like, embracing sexuality, I, again, that's a thing that we've been told historically, society, culturally, that in order for you to be sexy and desirable, you have to have this body type and this is what you have to wear. Kind of like right. the checklist, right? But men, I don't think... I mean, I think nowadays it's more, but I think back in the day, men were not held at the same standard. What does that mean? Like, the same standard as women. Like, you have to look like this, and you have to dress like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Men, like, you could not fit the model standard, and yeah, women are still going to like you. And, like, and especially, I mean, now, 2020 more, like, with LGBTQIA+. Plus. Plus. Things are changing. Mm-hmm. Embracing that sexuality looks... The spectrum is huge, right? Like of what would be considered like sexy for someone, or 
how how anyone chooses to embrace their sexuality. Right. Which is amazing. I'm here for it. Yeah, I think I think we just have to question our cultural and our religious expectations when it comes to sex. Like what is what is sex for people? Like I know that there's been conversations within my circle of being tight. What does it mean to be tight as a woman? Like if you're if your vagina's tighter, you're more desirable. Like oh. there's like pride. I thought you meant tighter. like tight, like you're tight, like bro, like I got you, like have your back, like we're tight. No, I was talking about like women when they're talking about their genitalia. Like, oh, I, I'm really tight. Okay. Or that misconception that, that if you have kids, you're no longer like tight, tight. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. or or the or the wetter part. Like I know that there's been conversations around. Like, well, if you're Latina, you get more wet than this type of women. What? What? Like, yeah, you haven't. Had, I've never. Heard I've that heard one. it, dude. I've heard it. But I I think it's important to like talk about like no, <laughs> we're all that's different. like biology. Most of our bodies. I mean, I know different. Probably. Uh, ethnicities or races might have different background and whatnot um and their stereotypes and it doesn't mean that it's accurate right but um yeah but i think that's i i think if we're gonna be talking about normalizing sexuality and taking away that stigma that's attached to owning your sexuality we have to start by saying that like biologically we are sexual beings i mean we are Men to reproduce, right? And we are sexual beings even from a very early age. Yeah, well, in the in the V card episode, we were talking about the clitoris being the only organ that's whole purpose is for pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are we not sexual beings when a freaking part of our body is solely for that purpose? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It has no reproductive meaning to it or anything. It's just for the soul of pleasure. Pleasure in our genitalia is normal it's Mm -hmm. part of our bodies and it can start as early as toddler age Mm -hmm. yeah and and i'm gonna say toddler age because i'm not gonna give a number because it's different for everybody right just kind of like periods with women Mm -hmm. some girls that get their periods at eight years old and there's girls that get their periods when they're 16 16. 17 yeah (laughs) late bloomers yeah like it just it it has nothing nothing to do with and it's not and when we're talking about sexuality and self-exploration being normal at a very young age toddler age group we don't mean that the babies or when we're young when i was like three four years old that i was doing it with that intent with the sexual intent of like oh i'm going to masturbate it's just like i'm touching my body that i have ejaculation no no i'm exploring i'm touching my body and then i get to parts that feel good and then I might say, like, hmm. And then next thing you know, I'm watching Dora the Explorer. And I'm really exploring, right? <laughs> that was not intentional. I did not make that connection before the words came out of my mouth. <laughs> and clearly, Dulcie enjoy that reference, right? But I'm... Girl, get it under control. <laughs> but I'm watching any cartoon, Dora, and I'm ex- as Dora's exploring over there in the show. I'm exploring my body, 
And I might do certain things or touch my 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 breasts, my vagina in a way that it's gonna feel. It's more like that soothing. I it thing. I always think of like it, this is gonna sound weird. Bear with me. Have you ever like poked your ear a certain way or poked your eye, like rubbed your eye a certain way or like scratched your head a certain way? Like when you're stressed out, right? And you it, just kind of like mm-hmm. do it, and you're like. Oh man, that feels good. And you like go to town with your ear, like we're like, like damn, dude, I don't even have wax in my ear, but I'm over here because it feels good. So there's like a soothing to it, right? Right. Like, that's why I'm saying like it, it's it's self soothing. It's yeah. that same kind of norm, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, hmm, this feels good. Let me play with it. The end. Uh, it, when we say like children masturbate, we're not going to like the adult masturbation. We're talking it's not about the intent. that exploration of. Yeah, it's 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 them. It's us because I was there at some point. I've been a toddler before. Shocker. But um, <laughs> we've all been there, like getting to know our bodies. It's part of that early um, appropriate age development. Right. Right. And, and they're going to touch and they're going to explore. And again, it's going to feel good. It's going to feel self self-soothing. And they're gonna continue to do it because just like we do, it feels good, right? But then there's a lot of shame attached to that, mm-hmm, exactly. Because when the little kid, I'm gonna say kid to leave it non-gendered, um, is is touching their genitalia, the response is "ay cochino," you know, smacking the hand or mm-hmm. "don't do that, that's nasty," or like you know, there's a lot of shame attached to it where it like becomes like a fearful thing, right? And, and the healthy thing to do is say. Hey, that's your private area, and private area needs to be played with in private places, mm-hmm. like your bathroom or your room, where mm-hmm. nobody else can see you, because that's your private area. Mm-hmm. And you can start that concept at a very early age. Mm-hmm. You're teaching them boundaries, but that way you're removing that shame. stigma and shame, and now fast forward 17, 20 years, and this same little baby, little kid, toddler now has some sort of like negative connotation to that sexual piece because mm-hmm. i was told that this is bad and i'm evil and i'm sick in the head if i'm feeling pleasure which again nasty. biologically your body is going to react no matter what right i mean just the concept of being horny it's pretty it's it's very typical i mean as a female mm-hmm. i've experienced feeling horny pr- prior to to my period coming mm-hmm. like it's just there's the like this limit or just like mm-hmm. get ready like and i think like there's this concept of the woman being a nympho right i i heard this a lot in college like oh. what's a nymphomaniac supposedly quote unquote mm-hmm. it's it's a person that's like addicted to sex mm-hmm. it's a person that needs to constantly be having sex it needs to be like you know it a nymphomaniac is a person that their functionality as a human it's affected by sex like mm-hmm. they can't even have a normal life because it's an, they're it's constantly an addiction trying. right to sex yeah right but the reality is a woman having a high libido or wanting to have sex regularly does not make her a nymphomaniac Mm-hmm. It really, I mean, the we, woman owning a we go through like these waves and changes in our hormones because of <laughs> right after, right after your, right after your period. Don't fucking touch me. <sighs> Pregnancy, right? I've heard. I've never experienced that, but I've heard like pregnant women sometimes can be really high. Oh my god! High, 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 high. 
when I was pregnant, I could smell everything. Mm-hmm. Like, the smell of my daughter's father. Like, I could smell him and I'd be like, get the fuck away from me, yo. Like, you need a shower. He'd be like, I just showered. I don't give a fuck. I can smell you. Like, don't fucking touch me. Like, I just... And for some women, they get really, really aroused and horny or high libido or whatever they call it because of the hormones and for some other they don't want anything to do with sex right same with the period some of us during our period or the week leading to our period we could be really horny even during our period week we could be really really horny and then for some people their week before or around their period it can be like don't touch me get away from me yeah it's just different for everybody Mm -hmm. and there is no shame for wanting to have more sex or less sex or being horny Mm -hmm. like that doesn't make you a dirty person it's part of your biology yeah right i think it's very normal again if you're sitting there listening to this and you're like oh man i don't know if i'm the only one that during my period does that make me a sick person because i'm in my period and then i'm getting super horny like Hey, there's thousands of us out here in the world that go through the same <laughs> yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. And and that's that's us talking as women, but for men it happens too. Oh yeah. Like there's times where they're very horny and I think like I don't know, especially when you talk about like testosterone, if you're working out constantly, if you're getting your full sleep, if you're eating right, you're going to be more horny. Like men are if you're in a place where your body's healthy, mm-hmm. your sperm count is going to go up. <laughs> like, it really is. that Your libido is going to go up. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with a male being horny or with a female being horny. I think the whole idea of, like, we have to be prudent in what we do is the bunch of crap when it comes to sex because mm-hmm. that's your body asking for the dose of dopamine you need. <laughs> The dose. For right? a basic need, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I think, like, with that, there comes masturbation, right? And I think there's a huge, like, religious attachment to masturbation. Like, it's like a sin. You shouldn't masturbate, period. Mm-hmm. But masturbation is also... I don't know. I prefer to masturbate than to be messing around with people. Having oh, yeah. sex. Like, exactly. I and am being safe. My hand is washed and clean. <laughs> you can control certain factors in the dynamic. Versus... I'm not afraid from STDs. Yeah. I don't have to I deal mean, with somebody blowing up my phone. Just I can imagine, again, for the thousandth time, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine if I had kids in that age, I would much rather them masturbate than... And this isn't me, like, shaming them or anything, but, like, having them be experimenting out there with their peer group. Masturbate all you want, baby girl. Here is a magazine. (laughs) Oh, that is so old school magazines. That's cute. Magazine, she said. (sighs) I'm old. (laughs) Here's the iPad without parental controls for one night. Right? I mean, I don't know. Is that Does that make me too liberal? Because people are going to say, whoa, like, again, but, this is controversial. I, I'm not encouraging it, but I'm just putting that into perspective. Like, Well, I would prefer shame. to wash some sheets than to have to take care of grandchildren when my kid is 16. Mm-hmm. I'll wash some sheets any day, honey, rather than dealing with that. Then wash diapers. Then wash diapers. 
That is also old. I don't yeah, think they wash diapers old. anymore. I don't think it is. Some people. Yeah. Because they don't want to do the whole chemical in their diaper right. stuff. Right. I was thinking about the that. The natural route. But, but, but I think masturbation has always been also looked through the lens of male. And even probably, I'm guilty of it, we attach masturbation to boys. Right, like if it, it, it probably if, if you think I'm looking about, at you like mm-hmm. if we think about like if I say like hey we're gonna talk about masturbation everybody goes like penis, right? Like that that's what we again <laughs> ejaculation cult- everywhere. <laughs> that's your culture talking, right? When we like if you I say the word masturbation and the first thing you think of is a penis. Like we should play that game. What's it called? Like word word uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. categories. Yeah, you had to say things that come to your mind. Um, but and that on itself again brings a lot of stigma around normalizing female masturbation, right? Because again, if historically it's been accepted and even embraced that boys masturbate, but as a girl, I have this need, and I take care of it. What does that make me? Right. Right, like there is this like negativity attached to that too, and and just so you guys are aware, like female masturbation doesn't mean fingering, and and I'm being vulgar with the words. I, I think we said. Let me look at our notes because hand jobs or hand to genital genital contact is the right verbiage, but it doesn't mean you have to penetrate to masturbate, especially for females, especially that virginity piece too. Right, like a lot of, uh majority for females um you could have an orgasm just from clitoral stimulation from petting that's what they call it petting yeah like i didn't know that petting yeah that just made it weird (laughs) because i literally (laughs) started petting her leg it was weird my leg i think that's what the like the term i don't know i've i've never heard of it but i just call it masturbation because that's what it is but uh, you could have clitor- clitoral masturbation and stimulation. just stimulation, and that's enough for you to find an orgasm. That the penetration doesn't have to be a factor of it, mm-hmm. you know. It, and it's okay. Like if you're worried about losing your virginity and waiting until marriage, you know. But there's mm-hmm. like clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I know that this is like irking people when it comes to religious views because it says not to in the mm-hmm. religious world but i mean and and like we always say if you really embrace that and, and religion plays a major role in your development and who you are as an individual and you do view this as not acceptable then that's what's gonna make you happy but we're here to just kind of like remove the stigma of people that may choose to do that and, and normalizing the, hey, you're not the only one. You're not crazy. You're not weird. You're not sick for having these feelings. Right. As long as it's safe, as long as it's you know what you're doing and it's you having your boundaries, then do you. You're mm-hmm. going to make your choices. And if the guilt is making you feel worse about it, then reassess what it is about this guilt that's kicking in. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... There could be guilt attached to that masturbation piece. I think also, like, in in that normalcy we're talking about, like, being horny or um, masturbation, I think arousal in itself is a normal thing. Like, if you're watching a movie and all of a sudden there's some, like, reactions while you're watching the movie mm-hmm. or you're talking about it with somebody and it's just like... Mm, you get the tingles. The tingles. <laughs> Get some tingling sensation down there. (laughs) 
right? I mean, that just escalated and, quickly. <laughs> no, but but that's again, that is your biological body reacting because for some people, even us having this conversation, saying the word penis, saying the word vagina, talking about masturbation, talking about porn, some for some people that literally your body has a, a, a organic a natural reaction that is again biologically right, like the hormones, the testosterone, whatever. It, it, it happens. And for some people, again, it takes as much as me saying the word porn and you get some tingling sensation. Reaction, yeah. For some people, it could be you're watching a movie and then your parents are in the room and you're like, what's going on, right? For some people, it's a smell, whatever. And it can But happen. that arousal can happen. And you yeah. sometimes you can't control it. Majority of times, you can't control it. And I think we don't for, mean can, you can't control it as in you, you have this natural somebody. instincts and you can't control yourself and you have this urges. We mean your body reacts in a certain you might, way. Yeah, you might get uh, aroused. Like for males, you might get mm-hmm. an erection randomly, right? For females, you might have some sort of discharge. You get The wet, end. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> like, um, and, and it could happen at a young age. Mm-hmm. Like, kids can experience arousal at a really young age. You know, even... I don't want to give numbers again, but the, you could see an erection on a child. doesn't mean that they're dirty or that they're dirty-minded. It's just that their body's having a reaction. Mm-hmm. And that's it, right? Yeah. Um, to that piece, though, I, I kind of want to jump into the... I don't kind of... I'm really trying to stop undermining my language. Mm-hmm. And not say words like kinda, sorta, I think. Mm-hmm. I want to just like say it. Right. Bear with me, people. <laughs> but I want to jump to like the porn conversation. Uh, just because arousal is normal, masturbation is normal, being horny is normal. What about porn? I think there's like a huge stigma around porn. And I think porn is normal. <laughs> I think... I think visual stimulation is something that's existed forever, hence Playboy making millions over here. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's it's a double-edged sword because I understand. To me, it's about the consent piece, the understanding. If I, as a fully functioning adult choose to engage in not even and i'm not even talking making a porn movie with my significant other or be or being in the porn and in the adult adult film industry but even the simple act of watching porn or buying a magazine or whatever and it's controversial because people talk about the objectification of people in general not even women but male lgbtq whatever right um and to me, it also, we got to be really mindful about the maturity level of someone being exposed to sex, their background, their environment. If it's someone watching porn that doesn't have a whole lot of education, they don't know a whole lot about their own sexuality, this can put a lot of uh, different ideas about sex, about what's quote unquote normal, um, about their own self-image and self-worth. So sex at an early age, I mean, porn at a early age, at a very early age, to me, can be dangerous. I, 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 I see that I see the normal 
piece of it because I think it's totally age appropriate for any kid to want to explore that and especially if the conversations at home are very taboo and shaming around sex and then you hear your peers talking about it and then they expose you to porn and say hey go watch this and then you do it I think that's all very age appropriate but part of me worries about that piece of someone not being ready for that Versus me as, again, as a f adult that can give consent, that understand the repercussions and what's porn and what's real and what's fantasy, I'm all for it. Go watch porn. I can watch porn with my significant other and we're both mature consenting adults and we can handle it. Great. But if it's someone younger that doesn't quite have the same understanding and boundaries and ideas, it's going to be risky for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that... Porn is such an industry that's like in the low that it's not monitored. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and if a kid has, and I'm going to say kid, and when I say kid, I mean like 19 and under. Don't get offended if you're over 18. <laughs> but I think that there's children out there that are 19 and they still have like a very young mind. Even 20, 21 that are still not really exposed right that, that grew up in a very sheltered manner mm -hmm. um getting exposed to porn really messes up the expectations that you have of sex right. mm -hmm. exactly. and if you're exposed to like everything that porn has out there you could start watching some stuff that could be pretty damaging mm -hmm. yeah like <clears throat> let me take that back stuff that is very damaging no, right especially <laughs> when like the the role playing i know that there's like porn that's specific to role-playing because people have these fantasies and again we're gonna go into consent in a little bit but if if the porn is specific about like i know that there's some weird porn out there i i'm not judging if you're a grown adult and you engage in watching this and it makes you happy um i am judging if you decide to actually act upon it um but the Porn that has to do with, like, step-parents and siblings and, like, mm -hmm. the craziness. And it's, like, out there. The incest is very, very popular in porn. Oh, it's just so disturbing. Incest and the whole idea of, like, young with older, whether it's a, a MILF and a younger <sighs> yeah, stepson or a or stepdad so and whatever, right? Like, that. that, and that, to me, is, like, where I'm, like, Ugh. Uh, yeah, someone that I can't, can't even click on someone it. that doesn't have a proper understanding of really boundaries and healthy relationships probably shouldn't be watching that right Honestly. and children I mean yeah don't and even I mean, have that in their brain developed but I guess what we're trying to get at is if you want to watch it and you're an adult and it's not gonna harm anybody including yourself do you boo boo mm -hmm, yeah I, I, in relationships personally I think that porn can be sometimes detrimental um mm -hmm. because you know let's say and this is my own theory so bear with me but if your libido's high and you're ready for sex and instead of reaching out to your partner you kind of like reach for the computer yourself you reach for the computer and and you then isolate then that that connection kind of got blocked off because you're now stuck here watching oh, your favorite yeah. porn star that mm -hmm. doesn't resonate anything to your partner like I, to me that's when it can get a little bit sticky yeah. but if you both engage into watching it and you're both okay with it and you've set this consent i 
Do I you? think it has potential to be a great tool when used in a healthy way, consensual, mutual. By all means, enjoy whatever sexuality and thing you want to do with your partner. But if it's like shady, like you do it behind your partner's back or because you're not fully satisfied here, so you have to go finish with porn, then we're talking a whole nother issue now. Yeah, you're right? kind of putting a band-aid on it, right? Yeah. There is a really good documentary. Um, it's called Hot Girls Want It. I think it's on, faith, on uh, Netflix. Hot Girls Want It. And it's that idea of really young girls and the the documentary is focused on on females so it is literally like the moment they turn 18 they go to florida and they start shooting porn and it really talks about how they messes them up and again in in the in the porn industry they are the ones that get portrayed as those like taboo roles and it's not even taboo like very unhealthy roles i think that sex sex like the gym and like therapy and like everything you gotta start slow and then eventually you kind of get to you can't just like run it and take it man because it's a lot it's a lot for your body and there's different types of sex i i think that sexuality encompasses so much more than just penetration Mm -hmm. and and we talked about Again, when we talked about uh, virginity, I think that V card episode, we talked about what comes with that, right? The mm-hmm. the emotional aspect of putting yourself out there. Once you choose to be intimate in whatever type of sex that exists, it comes with vulnerability and emotional attachment with the person with your significant other or whoever you're sharing your body with. So it's not something to be taken light lightly. However, we also don't want to shame people that do take it more lightly and just do it for the shit, some giggles and fun. Do you, as long as it's consensual. Right. And, and healthy. And well, safe. and that's where conversation was prior to recording was like, uh, we were talking about like the different types of sex and we're talking about making out, right? Mm-hmm. And hand to genitalia touch. And is that considered sex? And we were kind of like, no, yes. I said yes. I'm like, yeah, that is. If I was I'm like, no. With, in my head, the way I see it is like, if I'm, again, if I'm making out with somebody, like touching each other's genitalia and kissing and the whole makeout, to me, that's already vulnerability and opening up. And I consider that a sexual act. Right. Sexual intimacy. It's not penetration. But I do, I do, I would put that under my box under sexual intimacy with right. somebody. Right, right. For some people, and I, it's not. And, and I think that's what it boils down to, right? Like, what is intimacy for you? What does that mean? And, and how do you engage in it? Because mm-hmm. there's people that take sex very lightly. Um, and I, I would love to say, like, if we teach kids about sex the right way, uh, maybe they will take it lightly and it'll be like, mm, like it's fine, right? But I think there's also a piece, I struggle with that idea because there's a piece of vulnerability and that's what you're talking about. Like making out and putting yourself out there, just enjoying another person's energy and vibe and body. Like that in itself makes it sex, you know, like that makes the pleasure the everything like that layer of vulnerability is something that not every brain can take mm-hmm. yeah i mean there were some articles out there when we were reading that even kissing was considered sexual intercourse 
right. and, and I mean, for some people, you ask them, they'll be like, no, that's not like sex. And again, for some people, that the act of touching lips with somebody in that context of being vulnerable brings pleasure in a sexual way. And so they would label it sexual intercourse. Right. Even the kissing. Well, and it, and it kind of brings me back to like just sex in general, right? Like you like how some people kiss, you don't like how other people kiss, and you're trying to see which one is a better kisser, right? <laughs> like that's like level one. <laughs> level first two. Base. Yeah, first base, second mm-hmm. base, third base, right? Like, I think that's a pretty typical teenager talk like, oh, let's just kiss to see what it's like. Oh, man. Right? Um, I don't know what kind of teenagers you've been around. <laughs> <laughs> Myself, I was talking about myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, what kind of sex, sexual acts are out there? And I'm not talking about sexual positions, but so sexual types, sexual, sexual types, types. Sex, sex types, type. yeah. So, <laughs> and this is actual, why we don't drink wine when the, we record. <laughs> the actual act of intercourse, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. It's inserting your genitalia into somebody else's genitalia. Right. Penis, vagina, 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 penis, penis. I mean, penis, anus. Right? Wouldn't that be then anal? That would be anal. But LGBTQ plus might not take it as anal. Right. It might take it as just regular sex. Regular sex. Like, and and it comes both ways, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if it's it's a female-to-female sexual intercourse... Yeah. And you use an object, that is penetration. Mm-hmm. Therefore, is. it is sex. Yep. It, oh, so, that one, yeah. I mean, you in know my what I'm book, saying? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's guys, not black and white. Full disclosure, I was extremely immature when we were, like, like talking about the different types of sex. And anal sex was described as <laughs> butt intercourse. <laughs> I just wanted to share that with you guys. <laughs> Like it to me, it removes the fear and the stigma. It makes me feel way more comfortable than hearing anal sex to hear butt intercourse. Picks up your glutes instead of your actual. It sounds kind of cute, right? Like butt cheeks. Let's have butt intercourse. (laughs) That sounds way less intimidating than let's do anal. Anal, right? right? Let's do anal. I think anal, like, porn comes into my mind. Like, anal, oh my god, I'm about to die. Right. Versus, let's have butt butt intercourse. How cute is that? Right? I just wanted to share that with you guys. Hopefully that made your day, like, a Well, and I didn't know what... I was, like, fingering, and we kept, like, trying to look up, like... I just hate the term fingering. It just sounds so vulgar. And that's coming from a person that has no issues with being vulgar. It, but we're talking like hand jobs. And I guess like the right verbiage is hand to genital contact. But Whether that's me giving somebody a hand job or somebody putting their fingers in my genitalia. You guys should be here seeing the mannerisms this woman is doing while she talks about this. No, but it, it, and because I'm thinking about LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. right? Like hand to genital contact is pretty typical on vagina to vagina sex, at, at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's still sex, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I, we like I, I don't know we we didn't like this one, but we were like wow when we read this one: dry humping or genital rubbing. 
Mm-hmm. I think we were both like it's kind of oh. what we were saying earlier with like younger people like the the petting that I referred to like that dry humping or the genital rubbing right again with kids with toddlers I know that makes Tanya, people uncomfortable I can't handle you using your hands so you speak when you talk I'm about this my, I'm gonna sit on my hands she's like humping the petting <laughs> the petting and and i can't stress this enough it makes people uncomfortable but again as a as a young person if i kind of like start dry humping my pillows and i'm like mm, that feels good again that it, later it could be considered a sexual act down well the road. and i think it happens also with like when you're first dating and stuff and you have like the makeup you're in second base you're like can't a really make out section. Yeah, and, uh, you're on second base. You can't really have sex. You're young. You're scared. And you just kind of get into the rubbing together. And next thing you know, there's ejaculation. Like, that mm-hmm. can still be Oh, that is considered. sexual. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that is literally listed under the um, sex types. And then there's oral sex, which is mouth to genital contact. Right? I mean, that one is hopefully pluridity sex... Pretty self-explanatory. self-explanatory. That was a lot of S's. Um, <laughs> mouth to any genital. Uh, masturbation, like we said, touching yourself in whatever way. At the end of the day, what we're trying to say is sex is a normal human behavior pleasure that I mean, we engage in. We are sexual beings as human beings. Exactly. And, and everything that we talked about today is not like the typical vagina to penis penetration we're talking about different ways in which you can engage in sexual acts because at the end of the day sex is fun Mm -hmm. like there is there's stress release to that you get your dopamine up you connect better with people Mm -hmm. i mean there's it literally like would improve your mood because of all those chemicals that get released on your brain very cautious with that not to become your Coping, coping mechanism, mechanism. but it, it does have the potential to relieve stress and to change your mood improve that connection. and if you do it in a very healthy manner it can really help your relationship connect like go mm-hmm. to a different level right uh, it can really push you to feel more comfortable with your body mm-hmm. uh you can really get a lot of benefits just from enjoying it I think it's a game changer when you really embrace and understand this concept that having this sexual fantasies, having this ideas, this desires, this arousal, being horny, it's part of you being human, being alive, having a healthy sexuality. Then that opens the door and the possibilities for you to own that and be in control. And doesn't put you in a position where you might get hurt. Once you own your sexuality, that comes with boundaries. You being able to speak up for your needs and and say what you need and have boundaries and be able to say no and kind of let go of what's not healthy for you without feeling like you have to have that because that's your only way. Like you're like, nah, I don't need you. Like I have me and I have my hand and I have my toys, right? And you can set boundaries. And again, you can, if something is not serving you and you need more, you can speak up and you're you're secure in yourself. So I think removing a lot of this stigma and whatever society has been telling us, yeah. at the end of the day, can be very, very empowering, whether you identify as male, female, anything in between in the spectrum. 
the moment you own it, you're in control. Right. The power and I, is yours. And you can just say, I like this. I don't like this. I like this. Like, th- we were mm-hmm. talking prior to recording about gender roles, right? Like, do you like to be the dominant? Do you like to be the submissive? Do you like masochism? Do you like role playing? Do you like, you know, there's so much to sex mm-hmm. than just missionary and penetration which if that makes you happy do you boo boo right mm-hmm. but if you're like mm, i want to know more there is a lot out there that you can try mm-hmm. in a healthy safe manner with or without your partner mm-hmm. right and it's okay to say you know what i don't like that tanya this is what i like this is what i like this is how i like it in the end mm-hmm. and and at the end of the day, not everybody enjoys sex in the same manner. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's a very individual thing. I mean, hopefully your partner and you are going to be kind of in the same page, right? Because that compatibility is important. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're a very individual being. I think, I think that we all are. speaks highly of consent. Mm-hmm. Consent means you saying yes and the other person saying yes. Right. Whatever that entails. So if the if let's say you and I are partners, you say, I like this, and I say, oh, I like this instead, and we're both in agreement to find something that's similar for both of us, that's consent. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. As long as we're both in agreement of whatever is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So consent, guys, I think that's where that gets thrown around but i think it's important to talk about what does it really mean to give consent especially when it comes to in the context of sex i mean consent and surgery and everything else is important but especially in the context of sex giving consent is making sure that you understand what you're about to get yourself into right Mm -hmm. if i am about to engage in a sexual act with my significant other and they have an understanding of what's about to happen, I need to make sure that I also understand the same. Like if Dulce and I are about to engage in a sexual act, I need to make sure that she understands what I'm asking of her and that she agrees to every single thing, right? Same for her. And with that, it comes like age, cognitive level, you not being under the influence of anything, you understanding the terminology, you understanding your boundaries and stating stating your boundaries to your significant other or to whoever you're engaging in this act with. Um, so you really understanding because you can say, oh yeah, I agree. But maybe I didn't understand that what you wanted to do was to insert something somewhere, right? That I, whoa, 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 I didn't agree to that, right? Like, I mean, we talked and about And being able already. to say, mm-hmm. have a safe space to say, whoa, 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 I didn't agree on that. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's not... Not fearing for any repercussions if you don't follow through mm-hmm. with whatever. If And if you agreed and in the middle of it you change your mind, that's healthy consent. You can say, yeah. I'm scared, mm-hmm. never mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. at any point of time because consent is about your body it's not about the other person's body it's not about pleasing anybody else but mm-hmm. yourself consent is a very selfish thing and it's a healthy selfish thing to have mm-hmm. and being able to say mm, no i don't want to period yeah. without an excuse without a reasoning without any limitations and power and control differentials like you're 
the person that you're having sex with is going to pay your rent and you can't say no. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, but I just I just thought it's important to clarify exactly what we mean by consent because we, I, I think sometimes we fall into making assumptions that we, everybody understands because we come from a mental health background. Um, but yeah, consent... It's huge, it's important, and it's really the beginning of any sexual interaction. With when it involves the groundwork. When it involves someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even yourself, you gotta be cautious of the stuff that you're getting into. Like if especially when it comes to like inserting objects and doing stuff, the, there's been pretty horrid stories out there. So do your research, guys, before inserting anything. I know it sounds funny to say, but like I I have nurse friends and I've heard some horror stories. So, you know, even if that sounds really clever, do your research before you get clever with your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll pay if it if it has any kind of like idea that you might end up in the ER, do your research. <laughs> and then let us know the story. <laughs> Send us a DM. Yeah. <laughs> we won't put you on blast. Wink, wink. We won't. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. I think the purpose of this episode was pretty much just to open the doors of sexuality and the beauty of it and mm-hmm. owning yourself and being comfortable with it. And Yeah, it's a great thing. It's a healthy thing. It's a normal thing. Right? So let's, let's take away a lot of the shame and stigma that has been attached and judgment to it. Yeah. And let's embrace it and let's be responsible with it. Yeah. There is a beautiful thing in your life when you have a healthy sexual life. Mm -hmm. It it really adds to your quality of life. Actually, sex is one of those pillars of keeping yourself balanced. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to be having sex with someone constantly. It just means that you fulfill your sexual desire. In a healthy way. Whether that's masturbation or watching some porn. (laughs) masturbation (laughs) some people watch porn without masturbating and get to their happy place do what makes you happy if you choose to stay celibate for years great as long as you're happy if you choose to engage in free sex and free (laughs) you pay for it (laughs) freely having sex again as long as you're as you're being responsible and healthy about it do you boo boo like we always say, do we understand do. consent and respect and boundaries? And that's it, guys. Yeah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you guys are hanging in there. We're almost through 2020, people. We've got this. We can do oh it. Oh my God. I wonder if we're going to. You have... can do it, but you're back into it. Hey. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope this was the start of the conversation for you and know that you're not alone in whatever journey you're walking. We know these discussions might bring up some challenging emotions or thoughts. So please remember that although this is a safe space to start your healing process, it is not meant as a replacement for therapy. So please reach out and seek professional help. You're not alone. Don't be scared to sit with your elephant on the couch. Until next time.